The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Thanasis Petrakis. We were interns at the NBA in the summer of 2003 of stayed friends ever since and he's one of the lead videographers not just for the league but other sports properties and Thanasis just spent time in Greece and I saw a photo with what seemed to be your entire family and it got me thinking about just what that was like being in the place where your ancestors are and being all together with your family so how would you describe it it was pretty amazing man uh a cliche I would use it's once in a lifetime, but it literally was once in a lifetime trip for us because we've never all been together. We've never even done a full family vacation. So this was like, you know, it was pretty, pretty epic for our family. And then on top of that, to be into Greece where my father is from and actually lives still now, uh, or moved back last year. So lives now there. Um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. They're from, um, from the Island of Crete which is in Greece in the Mediterranean Sea. And they're from the city of Heraklion, which is the biggest city in Crete. So to be there, I, ha- I have 16 first cousins in that one city. So yeah, my dad was of eight and, and no one's ever left the city. So they all live there to this day, all their kids. Um, he came to America and and no one followed. Never, no one ever even visited. The first person to ever visit was my cousin two months ago. So it, it was pretty. It's pretty awesome. It's 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 Greece, but it's a small. It's it's an island mind and kind of mindset there. And they just don't do much traveling. They're just kind of they kind of live their life in their city, and and that's about it. What led your dad to coming to the U.S.? He worked on um, ships early on, Iraklion, I mean, Greece still has, you know, amazing shipping uh, success, but he was working on ships early on from the Iraklion port from like 15. He actually, uh, he tried to jump ship in 1966. He got into America, but then eventually got actually kicked back out because he tried to get in illegally. And then I think maybe six, seven years later, he came legally in 1972 So, yeah, he he was here from when he was basically legally like 22 years old until uh, until last year. He moved back kind of part of his retirement and he's living in the house he grew up in. Wow. Honestly, it's crazy for Americans. It's crazy just because we don't have that. I don't know. Centralized families like my family alone is like in five different states. Like mm-hmm. it, like uh, out of out of no four different states out of our siblings, so we're all living in different states. So it, it's pretty, uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty epic over there. How, how often have you been back? I probably average going like every five to seven years, I'd say. Okay, does it does um, it feel like home when you're there? So when you're living in the city, you do. Like when I live at like where my grandma, like all the kids grew up, I think I posted a thing where you saw like all eight kids grew mm-hmm. up in that little house. When you live in that house, you do. You feel like you're at home, like you're very connected because we went over with my whole like American family, which is four siblings, um, four kids, four kids. And then my mom, um, we had to find like 
you know, like a house and like a hotel. So we were in more of a, a touristy area this time. So like it, you still had the connection cause you're going to family dinners and you, and you are visiting the city, but it, it's, it's very different when you're actually living in it. You're not living a tourist life. Like, you know, you're hearing the fish guy come by at five in the morning <laughs> selling fish out of a cart and you're very much aware <laughs> that you're not at a hotel, you know? Are they, are your cousins fascinated with you? Yeah, like they're fascinated with America. They always have been. Like, you know, like I remember in the 90s, like when we first went there, it was like Levi's jeans. And yeah. like we would just like laugh. We would just like laugh at that, you know, like that was like everything. And then like, you know, there's always something that they can't get that they see in America that they want. Even when my cousin just visited, you know, they want to see all the things they've seen in movies, Santa Monica, Venice, whereas like I live, that's where I live now in California. And you know, I maybe I never I maybe go to those places like you know, once or twice a year rather than that's all they want to see. You know, so yeah, America has a very cool uh, appeal. So yeah, they're very interested, but they're also they also love where they're from. They all want to visit there, but it's it's kind of easier said than done for them. What's day to day life life like for them there? So so as most people know, Greece had like real bad economy the right. last 10, 15 years. Um, where my family's from in Crete, it's kind of a self-sufficient type of a place. Like out of Greece, they're doing well economically. You know, countrywide, it's still unemployment is like close to like 20%. Um, I, I, a lot of people are, are leaving Greece to, to go find work um, in, in decent amount of numbers per year. But for them, what it really is, it's like it's a tourist work season and then there's no work for several months. So you pretty much work nonstop for the seven months of tourist season and then work dries up for like four or five months if you're not in like education or government work. But, you know, the people that are working hotels, waiters, um, cooks, like stuff like that, that's the big industry there. Um I'd say for the common blue collar type of worker and, and that kind of dries up over the winter. So you have time off, but it's like, you know, it's everyone deals with that. You have time off, but no money. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a very much of a family structure that we cannot really relate to. So like, for instance, I have like, basically in the Greek culture, you would live the floor above your parents or actually your wife's parents rather they huh. would build you a place above them and that's kind of their gift to you and that's like your place to live so like instead of having daycare your grandparents are going to be right below you taking care of the kids um you know they grow their own vegetables everyone has their own garden they make their own wine they make their own olive oil you know like the wages aren't there but they're self-sufficient in how they live like especially in crete where a lot of the um a lot of the food that Greece has comes from Crete. They ship out tons, tons and tons of food every morning. I think the most out of anywhere in Greece. So, yeah, like, you know, in, in that sense, like, you know, you're still living a, a great life, but they make sacrifices that I think Americans wouldn't easily make. Yeah, and for the past, like, 15, 16 years, we'll send each other texts about matzo ball soup or feta cheese and, and lamb. So it's obvious. I mean, look in Judaism, food is a, a huge part of the culture and 
same in Greece. What what was a a typical family dinner like for you there during that trip? Uh, it's I mean they kind of know what we like now, our aunts, so they just try to feed us what we like. Um, dude, honestly, believe it or not, it's not a cliche, but you will not. This is gonna sound very <laughs> random. There is no better place, and French fries are my like one of my favorite food. There's no better place to eat French fries than in Greece. Really, I don't Why? know how they cook it. I think it's with the olive oil, the way they cook it. It's just the best thing. So basically each meal is, it comes out like always family style, but they'll put out like two big Greek salads and the Greek salads are just like, it's no lettuce. It's like tomatoes, um, peppers, cucumbers, you know, that olive oil vinegar uh-huh. type of mix that they do. Um, and then just blocks of fed on top. And then they'll come out with like bread. And, and, and like, I kind of think a lot of people in America would kind of think it's gross, but everyone's just dipping into that same bowl. They're not giving you salad plates. Like you're eating, everyone's <laughs> going with their forks into that salad bowl and dipping bread into the bottom. Like you would kind of think it's like rude if you did it here, but that's just like, that's just common. Like, uh-huh. And they're kind of like suggesting it. Like if you asked for us, like it would be a little off. Then they'll come out with like, you know, beans, um, all, all normal things that you would see, but it's really just the meats. And in, 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 I guess the typical thing you would think would be like goat and lamb, which you always joke about me mm-hmm. uh, with. Yeah. And like I was, at a, I was at my cousin's wedding and, you know, they bring that out in each course. But in Crete, it's the pork chops. That's what me and my brother always crave. Huh. So like when we go to barbecues, that's what they do. And they like marinate them in the vinegar that they make that they homemade make and they just sit in this vinegar and it's just ridiculous. So to me, my like favorite meal there is like pork chops, French fries and Greek salad. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Uh, your, your cousin's wedding. What, what type of celebration was that? It's, it's, it's casual. It's more casual than us. And it's traditional. Like there's like, no DJ comes on and there's no chicken dance. It was like the bazooki. <laughs> it was the bazooki all night. So the bazooki is kind of like, you know, a Greek kind of guitar that has like a very special thing to it. If you've seen Greek movies, you heard it. You know, unfortunately, there was no breaking plates, but like <laughs> it's just like these traditional dances. It's fun. Um, a lot of shots, a lot of traditional food. Like they come out with goat, they come out with lamb. Um, but yeah, it was a great time. That was just sick. Cause that was like where our, our whole family actually was. So it was, it was pretty cool. Does it make it look, does it make you look at your life differently at all when you come back after spending so much time over there? Anytime I travel, but yes, for sure. But anytime I travel, traveling well, gives you perspective. Right. Traveling gives you perspective. That's and, like and, and, you, and you travel and you travel all over the world. So, so what, yeah. So what what types of experiences have you had all over the world that have that have really made you examine how you live your life here? Just to go to Greece, like, you know, keep it there for a second. Like my first time there, when I went to my grandma's house, they had just gotten running water. And that was in like the 90s. Wow. And then like, yeah. So like you're thinking that eight kids grew up in this little like, can't really call it a house. It's just like brick walls. And then you come out of a room and there's other like brick walls. And it's like, there's no roof. It's just like, it's all outside. And 
So like that was crazy perspective just to see that, right? Like all, all of a sudden I had a way different look on how I grew up. You're more appreciative of everything, but, uh, worldwide, I'd say China opened my eyes, uh, Johannesburg, Johannesburg, the disparity between rich and poor is crazy. Still a ton of racism there. You see it within the workforce. Um, you know, Johannesburg, if you were out to uh, like a nice dinner, there's a chance there's like a barbed wire and fence around you somewhere. Even if you don't see it, it might be a couple of blocks away. But like, you know, like it's it's a that's yeah, it was beautiful. The people were amazing. Like, I don't mean to speak bad on it, but it's one of those things where you're just like, oh, we're not dealing with that. Like, I'm not speaking bad on the place, but it's it's a reality for them. Like, there's so many people that are so poor and there's a lot of people, you know, like really, really poor that, you know, um, that would, that would probably be the two biggest places I've seen that opened my eyes, China, but China is one of those things where it's like a lot of times you're seeing where it looks beautiful, but it's a little bit of a facade. And when you kind of go behind that nice building there, you know, there could be just as far as the eye can see of just like people living in like extreme poverty. So, oh, yeah, that's how I felt being probably, on safari in Africa, in Kenya. I mean, when you're just driving from a city to safari, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's poverty at, at the highest rate. When you're, when you're behind the camera and filming these NBA players, mostly uh, these NBA superstars in these other areas around the world, is there, can you recall a moment where you've captured like true emotion where where you can feel like the situation actually affects one of the guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, Johannesburg probably jumps out. Um, man, those like NBA guys are great all on all those things, all those community events. Like they really are, man. I don't think people have half the clue of how much work those guys put in off the court with kids and, events and stuff like that but we were in johannesburg and we went to guateng i forget how how to how to say it but guys stayed way longer than they had to and like really interacted with kids like i remember Embiid playing soccer with these kids and we were like trying to get back on the bus because we had like other events or like other places we had to go to and they're just like enjoying those kids company and is like making those kids lives you know what i mean like and be like in their like little common sports area in the town they live in just playing soccer he i remember kemba i mean there was a lot of guys they had like dance-offs um there's a clip on my instagram of the dance-off because i remember it was like amazing the kids were like kind of showing off to the nba (laughs) players but really all the guys on that trip and beat and kemba is probably the two i remember at that exact spot but I mean, honestly, I think people would be surprised how how good those guys interact with kids, because a lot of times you see the negative stuff when they just pass somebody. But, you know, like there's so many obligations on guys. Like even when I was a fan as a kid, I used to get like upset if a guy blew us off for an autograph. But you just like there's so many times when they're 15 or 30 minutes late for some like thing and they literally can't stop because they just did something else or like one of the shows I worked for the, for the UFC, it's called Embedded, and you're with them fight week. And they have tons of media obligations all fight week. So they're getting ran from one place to one place, and you see they want to stop, but they like, they'll get yelled at by their people if they stop. So, yeah, it's like 
when you see it from that point of view, I've definitely uh, gained an appreciation for what those guys do. But overall, NBA guys are really good in those situations. And better than they have to be. Better than they have to be. They don't have to go to Johannesburg in, like, August. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have to do that. They could be at home working out, trying to whatever. Like, they go on that stuff on their own time. And, like, it's not a vacation. There's something every day for them to do, whether it's a camp, whether it's an appearance, whatever. I'm not saying I'm not crying, you know, for these guys. But sure, they, of course. They, they go out of their way. Like, you know. Yeah. Vanessa, I appreciate it. And safe travels as you continue to make your way around the world. I appreciate it. Thanks, pal. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. I'm honored that you would even <laughs> want to have me on your show. You guys must be really hurting for content. I kind of just had a craving for feta cheese and goat, so I figured I'd give you a call. <laughs> I was eating bagels and locks during this in honor of <laughs> That's a really special trip, and he's fortunate to have that perspective develop over the years, traveling for work and going back home to Greece. Having the ties to where it all started, having that remain a part of who you are, wearing it with pride, I think it says a lot about someone. Check out some of Thanasis' film work on the Fresh Focus Sports Instagram and YouTube pages. If you're ever watching a major NBA event, he's there. He's on the court during a celebration. He's in the locker room. And once you know what he looks like, you'll always find him on the screen. The day we recorded the podcast was the 16th anniversary of the New York City blackout. August 13, 2003. It was the second to last day of our internship at the NBA, and then it turned out to be our last day at the NBA. Please subscribe to the podcast. Click the five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening right now, click details on the show on the episode page, then more episodes, and you'll scroll down to ratings and reviews. It's three steps. It takes four seconds. And if you can somehow find 15 more seconds, leave a review. It means a lot. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>